You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode out of the blank podcast. I'm here with Helen. Hi there, Rob. <laughs> Helen, if I had to ask you, what is one thing in the world that if you were going to introduce yourself to somebody, how would you do it? Not your job, but how would you just be like, hey, I like for me, I would be like, my name is Robbie and I'm an open minded individual. Oh, OK. So my name's Helen. And I do get a little bit nuts about, probably about prejudice, because I'm not not just in the kind of typical way of um, racism, things like that, but, but in any sense of anyone prejudging all of us, because we never know anyone else's backstory. So it drives me nuts when people just assume things about other people. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like when you ask somebody, you know, hey, good morning, or how are you doing? There's always this auto reply of like, I'm good. You know, how are you? There's always that automatic response. And it's like, sometimes you ask that question, or someone asks that to you, and you just in your head, you go, but am I really good, though? Like, do you don't you don't want to bother the person with what's on your mind. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you want to express like, I'm tired of these default responses. Like, when someone asks me how I'm doing, and they're still walking as that's going on, I don't even reply because I'm like, you're not even taking the two seconds to stop, look the person in the eye and say, but how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think you're so right. And sometimes if you talk to someone and they are not helpful. Let's say you're having a really bad day and they're not helpful to you. You're like, you know, that was worse trying to talk to you than not trying to talk to you. It actually compounds the problem because not only do you have your problem, you then have the feeling of being rejected or closed down by somebody. So that's kind of way worse, isn't it? So I saw this really good quote on by Robin Williams and I saw it on Pinterest or Instagram or something. And he said, um, people don't pretend to be depressed. People, de uh, people pretend to be fine. And that's kind of, Ties in with what you just said a little bit. Yeah, kind of with most comedians, especially the whole point of making another person laugh is because you find it hard to laugh yourself. You know, you're trying to bring joy into other people. And Robin Williams is probably one of my all time favorite comedians um, just because the amount of I mean, his jokes were amazing. He did take some jokes from a lot of people, but he did write checks for. But, you know, he had his own massive amount of issues that kind of show you that you can overcome really anything. You know, a lot of times people suffer from depression, especially nowadays, you know, from all the lockdowns, the opening back up. So just, you know, there, it's really hard to find a sense of community nowadays. You know, it's where people end up wanting to isolate so much. And it's like, I think isolating is good for some points, like when you really need to work out some things in your head. Like, I, I think you should isolate if you're upset about something because you're just going to bring that upsetting feeling into the world. I'm in 100% belief of like, whatever you feel, whatever you do in your actions, they affect everyone around you. You know, some people go, well, I just ignore it. I'm like, you don't though. It just, it just, if somebody's, you know, upset or pissed off and you're around that person, you're going to leech some of that energy on accident. And I mean, you don't even know but the whole world, everything, every interaction you ever have is an energy exchange. I mean, that's why it's it's fun like to be positive a lot of times because you'll get more positive scenarios that go around you. You know, some dudes like, looks like we got an extra ice cream. And you're like, hey, you want an ice cream? It's like, oh, 
it only happens when you're having like a good positive vibe about you. Nobody's going to hand you an ice cream when you're super angry or upset and you were just screaming at somebody. They're going to be like, all right, man, you need to calm down, but I'm not giving you this treat. It's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 I, 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 maybe I should have said the energy things. I definitely, I totally agree with you about the energy and it's, it's so much kind of underrated and you don't realize it's just happening the whole time, isn't it? So yeah, that's, yeah, a big, it's a big deal. And I think people, when I was a kid, no one ever talked about energy like that. Whereas now it's quite a kind of current thing. And I think people that we are all getting it more and more that the way we relate to each other isn't just our words and stuff. It is like all those vibes we give off and everything, isn't it? Well, what feels better when people like you or when people talk bad about you? You know what I mean? Like there's that sense of like people, I know the, the giant thing for fame right now is like it, the more crazy things I do, the more controversial stuff I do, the more people talk about me. I'm like, but do you want that though? Like I would love it to be able to walk down the street and be like, when someone says my name to be able to smile when they say my name or when they think of a memory of me rather than be like, I hope that person gets hit by a bus and then they're like punching their hand. I'm like, I don't want that to happen at all. Oh, that sounds yeah, horrible yeah 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 i i did I, rob i don't really know um why you asked me to talk on the podcast but it sounded really intriguing because i loved it the way you said you just want to see where conversations go and i'm like yeah i love that idea so i'll i'll come on the podcast but um, what i do during my job is not this is not to do a pitch about my job but um it's to do with family history and i think family history is really good for thinking about people's lives and um you know tying with some of the things you said before already like uh what people make of their lives how they perceive their lives because it's whether people are happy or nice or full of good energy or not is not anything to do with their it's a cliche but it's not to do with their bank balance it's not to do with um what job they do it is like your outlook isn't it which does um drive how you feel about your life and how you interact with everyone else around you so i i that's why i love family history anyway that's i've it's taught yeah. me a lot about life just well, by I'm about to say, imagine you're talking to one of your parents or something and you ask what your great, great grandfather did or what, like for me, for instance, when I asked what my great grandfather did, my dad gave me an excuse. Like he was, you know, he worked a bunch of jobs and you know, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't really matter. But then once he died and we were cleaning out his house, I found a bunch of old like racing trophies. And I was like, what are these? And he was like, oh, he did NASCAR before it was NASCAR, like on dirt roads and stuff like that. I'm like, what the, f you tell a kid that like, that's something you want to know. And that's where family history gets kind of mind boggling a little bit. First of all, I don't trust ancestry.com. Um, as much as it might be a good template to work off of, it's probably a little bit better if you could find out where some documents are stored to be able to look up some actual facts about your, at least your family. Cause like for me, I typed in my last name's Robertson and they gave me a bunch of different Robertsons from all over the map. And I'm like, I know at one point we were never in Ireland. I don't know why I'm, this person's telling me I'm related to this in Ireland, but you want to know stuff either if it's for health reasons or if it's just out of curiosity too. Cause I mean, it's kind of fun uncovering the past, you know, hopefully you don't uncover anything crazy. Like my one buddy was telling me, he was like, yeah, I listened to a family historian episode you had. And I was like, Oh, awesome. He goes, did you know my great grandfather killed someone and he moved to Canada? And that's why my last name is the way it is. I'm like, yo, that I don't know about the statue of limitations, but that's not how you want to, you know, bring into a conversation, but that's interesting. Let's talk about it. But mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's interesting stuff. You would like to know if it's not even about your own family history, but learning about someone else's learning about, I mean, history in general to me is just fascinating. 
it is. I mean, the people, it's a, it has the word story in it, and it does. That's why it captures our lives. It's stories of people's lives, stories of past events. Like, just go back to the ancestry thing. Like, um, people do have very strong feelings about it. Like, it is an excellent website, and the so the records are good. But what where it kind of falls down for people using it maybe is when you get the search results, like you say, you, and you're going to get forty thousand results all saying Robertson. You're like, heck, you don't know where to start. Um, so that's confusing. And then maybe if you see some online trees and you're like, well, that doesn't add up. My granny definitely wasn't called Kathleen or whatever. But the actual records are good to use on Ancestry. But what you have to do is just do your own research and piece it up together. So you make sure that you're doing, um, you're getting your story straight. So don't worry if there's a great big long list of search results. Just you know, keep in mind what you already know and keep building out little by little. So I guess it makes it more difficult in my scenario because a lot of my family is pretty private about everything. Like when my um, grandma passed away, we were sitting there at the at the cremation place and they were like, well, what's her family's family, this and this and this. And my mom could only fill out so much of it. And then she was like Googling things like, I don't know the name of this place, don't know the name of this. It's because she was so private about everything, any problem she had, which I feel is good at a good extent. But when it's in your own family and you want to know some like awesome stuff about what your family did, like, what was grandpa like? It's like, I don't, you know, you know, I would ask these questions and I would never get answers. So now that whole past my grandma above her, I don't know any of what they do. And my mom barely even knows the surface because she just never was interested. And I'm like, it seems to be like the generation, it's like the fourth generation or the one that's like the, the great grandson is the one that's interested more in the family and everything like that. Cause like for me, I'm the great grandkid or the grandkid. And I'm more interested in my grandparents and the great grandparents and like that. Cause they did a, like, I used to study genetics and I was the only reason I studied this. And this was like a quick class in college, like one semester, it wasn't anything like I was going for a bachelor's degree or master's in, it. but my, my ex-girlfriend, she had three sisters and all three of her sisters looked exactly like her mom, but she got the like the recessive gene where she didn't look anything like any of her sisters. And I was like, what is that? But then if you match up a photo to her great grandmom, she looked a hundred percent like her great grandmom. And I'm like, what is that? And it's like, you're actually more related to your great grandfather, your great grandmom compared to like, you might have some similar traits as your parents. You might have some similar traits from your grandparents, but you're almost exact to what your great grandparents is. And I was like, that's fascinating. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm really bad at genetics, but I think that's called your um, your phenotype. So there's like what you actually physically appear like. And I could be really wrong. So um, I hope I haven't said it wrong. But so uh, so even though you might just share a very small percentage with um, you know one of your ancestors, then you can just get this thing. Like in my family, me and my dad have this nose like that. And it's like a big deal. Like the nose goes down the family. Uh, yeah, my daughters have escaped the nose, but you know, it just might reappear again in my great grandkid or something, right? <laughs> Who knows? Isn't that fascinating though? How like something yeah. can skip and then it goes on to like the next generation. Like next thing you know, you have more in common. Like for me, like I had similar traits to my mom, but my brother's my half brother. But if you put like there's a photo of me on the left, my mom in the middle, my brother on the right, and then like our faces, there's subtle features that you could see came from the mother, and then there were like it was it was just so freaking weird because we had yeah. different dads. So it's like I have certain things. Like if you put up a picture of my dad next to me, there's similar things like our nose is kind of similar. But if I look at my great grandfather when he was young, it looks like you just put me in like an old timey 20, 1920 suit and like a hat on. And I'm like, where 
I don't remember doing those like costume photos or anything. Yeah. Like, That's your great grandfather. I was like, no freaking way. That's just interesting how you yeah. can pull that down. You know, that just gets passed somehow. Yeah, I think um, like, you know, you, you were saying about how much more people are interested once it skips a few generations. So like we, we our parents might be like, oh, it's just our parents. Unless maybe you, if you're adopted and you don't know your parents then you're really keen to find out about them. But if they're people you've grown up knowing, you just kind of take them as part of the background. And then as time passes, you get more and more interested in them. And I, so I think with family history, obviously each generation, you get double the amount of ancestors and you get the aunties and uncles. And I love it. Like some of our ancestors, you or my family tree, there's some you really identify with. And even if you never met them and they died long before you were born, you just think, I get you, I really like you. And so it's, it's partly what you look like and partly how people tick and you know what they do with their lives or, the, the stories that get handed down with them you think yeah, I think I would have really got on with you and you have these kind of connections and kind of a whole network of different connections not necessarily based so much it could be close relations or distant relations but all these kind of bonds of family it's kind of a weave a we woven web I got a weird question so do you think maybe that like it's a certain part of your personality or certain thing in your genetics is why you develop your best friend. Cause I mean, your personality technically comes from your genetics for sure, but it also gets developed through your own personal, you know, life goals or whatever you're doing throughout your life um, kind of forms you in a way, but like my best friend, for instance, when I was a kid, and then as we got older, we kind of grew apart. I was wondering why, like immediately with just a minute of knowing each other or seeing each other for the very first time, we connected on such a level. I was like, is that a, is that a certain trait? Like, cause you, you associate with like, it's, it, let's let's picture this you're at a lunchroom cafeteria or something. It's your very first day at this brand new school. You look for what is more appealing to you? What like, there's just this vibe that's given off. And I'm wondering, is that like a certain smell? Is that like a personality thing where you just see someone and you go, I like the way that person looks and you sit down and they look like a happy person. You start talking to them next, you know, you hit it off without anything. It's like, what is that? Is there like, if you go back in time, is there like a certain genetic trait where maybe these families met and then next thing you know, they were like best friends. It's like, is that a, is that a trait? Is that just a, coincidence i'm like that can't just be coincidence that's a weird question it's a weird it is one. a weird question i just don't know because also you never know um when you're going to have those conversations where you're just going to hit it off with somebody do you? you just it's always a surprise like you never well, you it's like you're, 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 you're randomly in a great conversation. You're ran, you're randomly in a store and then you just go, I, you just start striking up a chat with some random person out of, and you missed maybe a hundred and something other people in the store, but you were attracted to this one person to talk to as a friend, whatever. And it's like, what is that? What gene do you have? What thing, a pheromone, whatever that you're giving off that makes me just want to talk to you and be so open and just develop this friendship or relationship or whatever, you know, you pick what's appealing to you when it maybe comes to a relationship but sometimes it's a little bit more than that like i've seen people that are very attractive and i've just been like I'm, I'm okay but then someone that's randomly i'm like i got a connection with and i just walk up i'm like hey and just start striking up a chat next you know it develops into this thing and i'm like is that a trait that somehow in my body maybe on some level that we can't even sense is just this one is on the right frequency for you and then it just goes for it mm. I don't know. It's definitely like an instinct thing. So um, I have this lovely friend called Jill and I met her a bit over 20 years ago. And 
um, I'm going to sound like a stalker now, but when I before like when I first met her, I just um, I can't remember. It was just in the village we lived in, and I was like, I just know we're going to be friends. And but it was probably a couple of years before we actually were friends. But I was like, I just know we're going to be really good friends. I could just tell straight away when I saw her. And um, by chance, actually, it's her husband's birthday today, so he cycled up to this new village where we live, and I just um, quickly ran down the road before coming on to talk to you. That's why I was like, I have to you know, come back in a few minutes. So I'd gone to see this guy, um, Duncan, and his two friends, um, Chris and Jim, who he was cycling out with. But anyway, back to his wife. When I when I met her, I just I was like, I know I'm going to be friends with you. I didn't know anything about her. Didn't know anything. Didn't, I knew she had a little girl, um, and that's all. I didn't know anything else about her, but I knew we were going to be friends. And I was right. Yeah. The, the so reason, Well, the reason I, I asked this, and I've been thinking about this a lot, is because my best friend that I was mentioning before – he was related to, I think his ancestor or one of his great greats was um, Robert E. Lee. And then my one other buddy, he goes, hey, I have this replica of Robert E. Lee. I'm like, is that Robert E. Lee's pipe? And he's like, yeah, he's my great, great grandfather. And I was like, that's weird that you said that because my one buddy, that's his great, great grandfather. And I, I had them meet and it turns out they were related. They didn't know. And I was like, so I both, I was best friends with both of these guys, randomly, just different meetings, like different grades that I met them in. And I was somehow connected to this person immediately. And I was like, what is that about your, like, that? that's why I think about the genetic thing. Is that some type of trait that just with my personality or whatever, just got adopted to that or found that I could best co communicate with that? And then that sounds horrible considering what Robert E. Lee is probably not the best reference for somebody nowadays, but this different time, these guys were nice people, good people, good hearted people. But I was talking to them. I met them. Like I had them meet and they go, they found out that like, there were like uh, I think second cousins or something like that. And I'm like, there's a trait there. And somehow you guys magically landed in the same exact state. Like you guys are in the same exact area, same little town somehow just out of a stroke of luck. Like, does that happen? Like you end up, you know, falling around your family anyway, you end up getting adapted to the same traits. It ends up bringing you back home or something. I have no clue, but it was just that to me was like, I don't know if that was a weird coincidence, but that it had me thinking, is that a trait? Is that something that gives off like, because I think people give off certain smells. I'm not talking about BO. I'm talking about everyone has their own natural distinct scent. If you're not blocking it up with perfume. And I found this out when I was working at a hotel, I would get on an elevator and I would smell and my, my nose sucks. Basically, if I'm going to smell food right in front of my face, but I can smell people's scents. And I know that sounds freaking weird, but yeah, she you nods your head. Yeah, it does. But I remember getting on the elevator and I was like, and we, there's this guy at my work called Spurge. And I was like, Spurge was just on the elevator. And they're like, how do you know? I was like, I bet you 20 bucks Spurge was just on the elevator. And then they we go down to the laundry room. And they go, Spurge, were you just on the elevator? He goes, yeah. And then so we started playing a game. I'd sit around the corner. And when the elevator door would open up without looking, I would, okay, it's this person or it's this person. I get it right 100% of the time. And I'm like, everyone's, and that's why I won't wear like um, my really nice clothes if I go to my buddy's house because he has a dog. And I'm like, you smell like your dog. He's like, is that good or bad? I'm like, it just smells like your dog. I'm like, I don't know. When I go to your house, my brain, it's linked to memory. That's what I smell. I smell this. And that brings me to, to think of you every single time I smell that. And he just goes, I don't know if that's a compliment or a negative. What do I smell like? Are you, are you making fun of me? I'm like, I'm not. I'm just... I can walk Actually out to stating it. It, it. I can legit like when I smell a camel or a marble or some type of cigarette like that, I think of my grandmom because that's all she used to smoke all the time. That's just stuck into my brain is that's what 
the scent is, even though she might mm-hmm. not personally smell like that. It's just that smell correlates with her. So whenever I could like, I'll be in like a, when, you know, when she was alive or something, I'd be like, uh, you know, headed to her house. So as soon as I walk in the door, I'm like, I know it's grandmom's house. There's like smell and memory are really closely linked, aren't they? And I was talking um, about this to somebody recently and I, I can't remember the name of it, but there, somebody has actually done this thing and I don't even know how it works. It sounds so bizarre, but you can bottle the smell. So you're kind of bottling the memory. And it's, I think it's a student, like a PhD student, and they're working on this thing. So you'll actually be able to bottle up your memories and then you can just take a little sniff when you want and you'll be able to smell your grandma or whatever. Is that kind of like a fart in a jar? Like when somebody I don't know. That I don't know. No, no, sounds, talking. Sounds like a bit like a really complicated version of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but also, you think there must be a limit to how much you can open up the bottle because it's going to run out after a little while. I would like to yeah. see that maybe even enhanced a little bit more. Imagine if you can wake up like a certain trait inside of your brain. Like, because I think our DNA sequence, if you really kind of tore it apart you could probably pull genetics and all these types of things of like our great-grandparents our great-great-grandparents and it just goes back a super long line well if there's could there possibly be memories encoded in those where if you could find out i don't know like the smell of your great-grandfather you can make a scent that could just take you back like reincarnation for instance i'm not in a hundred percent belief of reincarnation but I like to keep an open mind, like I stated in the beginning. And I'm just thinking if you could be able to find out what that gene is, whatever that one that's holding that certain memory of one of your great, 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 great grandparents, and then have a certain thing that can trigger it, like just a random smell, let's say like pistachios or something, and you smell it and it just unlocks like this memory Mm -hmm. thing in your head. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wouldn't that be freaking interesting? That would make your job or your, uh, you know, mm. the family history thing a little bit easier if you could just, hey, smell this real quick. And then they remember everything from like the, the 1870s. You're like, holy crap, what was that? It's like, that was the scent of your great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah. Or you could even have like copies of the old photos and then have a, like, a, you know, the scratch and sniff things when you're a kid. <laughs> and then they could like to help bring the photo alive. So you'd have like the smell of, I don't know what the, the, People would think you're a worked. psychopath if you started <laughs> sniffing an old photo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, what they have what now is um, I took a picture of like I, I have these really old photo frames, like the ones that are like from like way like maybe 100 years ago of my like great, great, great grandparents, like the old school ones where they're in a suit and it's all like – I think it's called the sepia effect on Instagram. If you want to put that filter. Effect yeah, on your sepia. Photo. Yeah, we yeah. Say, in the UK, we say sepia. Yeah. So yeah. they have, I have a bunch of those just sitting around my house and I took a picture of, it, and there's this app called Wombo. I don't know if you've ever heard of this app. No. So, How did you spell it? Wombo. W-O-M-B-O. And then okay. it takes your face in the photo and it links it up to a song. So I had my great, 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 great grandfather sing thriller by michael jackson and what it does is it it's not just like the songs linked up and the mouth just moves the whole head moves like somehow they've done a pano where it can get the side of the heads even though it's just taking a clear shot like a clear face front image a single flat image it's doing the whole thing 
like it's the whole heads moving side to side like this. And like, it's freaking scary. And I'm wondering how long until they can take an old school photo, like maybe something you're like digging up research wise and you see an old school photo, how long until they can take that photo and recreate a whole freaking scene or a little picture movie on it where they can have the effects moving. So it's like, you know, it's, it's your great, great, great grandfather holding a kid. And then, yeah. you know, it's able to like the kids able to turn, you're able to see the kids front of his face, even though you're only yeah. getting a picture of the back of his head. I'm like, where, where's science going? I don't know. Like on, on my heritage, that's, is this, um, I think, I think anyone can use it free and they have um, my brain. I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, if you go to the, my heritage website and you can um, upload one of your old family photos and then you can um, do this animation thing. So it can do, I think about 10 different movements. So one of them is like blowing a kiss, like quite cute things and smiling. And they make these old photos animate. And um, it is, it's really moving and it's its bizarre. And like, when I, when I first heard about it, I was like, this is just strange. And then when you do it, it's amazing. It's like really, you should try it right after this. I want you to go to MyHeritage and try it. It's, and they only launched it back um, earlier this year because it's just like a, it's a brand new thing, but already they've had like 73 million or more, maybe more than that now, downloads of people doing these photos. Because once you start seeing a few of your ancestors like really being brought to life, then you kind of get a bit addicted and you want to keep doing it to more of them. <laughs> just while away the morning. <laughs> I think technology is amazing when I can do something like that. But then I get scared because I think I don't know if you ever heard of this uh, app Snapchat. Yeah. So there's a filter effect where you're, if you're a guy, you can turn your face into a girl. And I did it. And I was like, oh, my God, I look like my mom. And I sent it to her. And she's like, why do you have a photo of me? I was like, that's me. And it's the filter effect, like subtle, close things. But like if I did like the face that she usually makes when a photo is being taken, like a little bit of a duck face or something like that, it looked 100% because they added just like subtle like makeup and certain things that gave me long hair. I looked 100% like her. I was like, that's that's too much technology. So I deleted the app and then removed it. But I I, I find it fascinating because I think what I also think is prime of importance is being able to have a lot of information of your family. I always liked learning more and more and more. I mean, I was the type of kid that would ask his grandpa or great grandfather, you know, tell me some stories you want to hear. The world's so infatuated with storytelling right now, but they're not stories of like, older past things like i think that was an important part about learning history in school was learning about holocaust learning about all these different things that happened because when i would ask my grandfather stories and things of that sort my grandfather like he's a very intimidating man he's six five he's huge has giant boxing rings on his hands i mean his hands the size of my head and he just sits at like the end of a dinner table i remember we went out to eat one time and you know little crabs little crabs yeah yeah he would break the shell in between two of his fingers just break it the shell and like where people would be using a cracker to break it and you're like what the hell is wrong with this guy and then he seems so intimidating so angry but then when he talks he's just like me he's very like you know trying to crack jokes trying to do all these types of things now my not necessarily be funny but there it's just it's i can i could tell it's where i get it from because my dad doesn't act like that you know it's it it skipped a generation but like it's interesting to see that and then once i like for me it makes me want to ask where like what what happened in your life is there something similar that i experienced that got us both to act this type of way or is this something that's in our family like we have certain things and this might sound dumb but 
me and my grandfather, I found this out over a dinner. I was like, do you ever have a poop time? And he's like, what? And I'm like, a poop time. He's like, yeah, 2 a.m. I was like, same, 2 a.m. Immediately, doesn't if it's a minute before, you're feeling fine. At 2 a.m., you have to go. And he's like, what? He's like, wait a minute. Does it ever change for you? Like maybe three, four months, it just, it just goes back and it goes forward an hour or something like 3am. I'm like, yes. And he goes, dude, and he just fist bumps me. And my grandmom's like, this is ridiculous. Like you guys, everyone gets like, I got my speed from my grandfather. I got my height from whatever. I got a poop time from my grandfather. And I'm like, that's fascinating. I don't even care. That's a skill. He goes, right. You could plan your whole freaking day out. I was like, oh my God. Well, I've never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> come across that before. <laughs> but also, what, um, like, what we always say, uh, like, you know, with, with my work head on, you always say, oh, it's so important to talk to your relations because when you talk to them, you get all those cool stories. And so, you know, you can go to the big websites and you can find the census records and the military records and things like that. And we can do that 20, 30 years' time when your grandpa's long gone. You can still go and do that. Whereas the poop time, you're only ever going to find out by asking him. So it's very good. Well done asking him. It's good. <laughs> I, look, I sort through and try and find the most, I guess, best information that I could po possibly soak in. And that was the yeah. first question. And, and imagine this, maybe in like 60 years time, you will have a little grandson and he will have the same poop time. Oh, we're going to bond so much. <laughs> Bro, you can plan your whole... I remember him telling me that. He goes, you can plan your whole day out. And I was like, what and he's like do you ever run to the bathroom i was like it, yes my grandmom's like this is the weirdest thing i've ever heard in my entire life she just starts going off on a thing i'm like but this is awesome like we're bonding this is amazing you know have you ever learned something about your family it doesn't have to be like a poop time but if you ever learned anything about your family history or do you specifically research other people's no i definitely i'm like doing my own family history so do you mean what I mean things that Bonding things. Well, like, anything that you found interesting and maybe one thing you didn't. Like Phil, um, why do I keep saying Phil? Paul. Sorry, Paul, Paul if you're listening. Paul told <laughs> me a story about how, like, how um, he was researching, like, you know, his great grand, great, was it his great grandfather that ended up, um, I guess he was late to the birthing of one of his kids or something like that. And he ended up taking a bike the wrong way and got a ticket for it. That was recorded. You know, I, mm. I, I find that to be interesting. And then he also mm. researched, I don't know if it was in his family or another person's family, but um, one person had, uh, I guess had a rifle out and one of the kids was playing with it. And then something bad happened with the rifle. And that was one of the worst things he's ever experienced. I'm like, when you're uncovering all this stuff, it's so interesting. And I know it's got to be hard, like to not spend, I mean, all day doing it. Cause for me, I don't know about anybody else, but when I'm playing a scavenger game or something where you have to find all the clues on a computer, I will not get up until I beat that level. But then when I beat the level, it goes into the next one. I'm like, I got 10 more minutes. And the next thing you know, it's like yeah. later in the day. You're like, oh, I've just spent my whole day researching because it's hard. It's like you're uncovering a clue and that clue leads to another clue. And the mystery never truly ends. It just keeps going. You're trying to figure out, wow, this happened then and this happened then. It's just that's fascinating to me. It's true. I think I think you're right. And the more you find out. So, yeah, I've had, um, well, loads. I can't. Well, I could just choose a random example. So um, I've got this lovely old sewing machine, which is from the 1940s. And um, when my granny died a few years ago, then I was the one who was lucky enough to get the lovely old sewing machine. It's beautiful cast iron um, singer sewing machine with a treadle wheel. So it's a lovely bit of like 
machinery. Um, anyway, so I researched out the number and I found out when my granny bought it. And she bought it just after the Second World War. And so for me, like the more you learn, the more interesting you find it. So I just loved kind of visualizing her using it. There's still clothes rationing, there's still fabric rationing and things like that. So it's really tough for people to get clothes. And my this for my great granny, she had this little book and she used to write down all the clothes that she used to make for her grandchildren and things in it. So then I've got all this building up this picture of her life of how important the sewing machine was. It's been handed down all the women in our family now for a few generations. Um, and she's you know making the things for her grandchildren and it's just a kind of like now I've got two daughters so one of them they can't both have it one of them will have to have it in the future and I hope people just carry on using it, it doesn't need any electricity it almost feels like it could be a thing of the future you know in Star Wars where is it Tatooine or whatever that planet where they have all the old junk um is it you know where Luke Skywalker grows up anyway that planet the one where he grows up as a little boy and it's full of junk it's like a really rough planet isn't it I can't believe you threw a Star Wars reference my buddy is going to be so mad that I don't get that he owns a Star Wars podcast well he, your, your buddy will know I'm pretty sure it's Tatooine is the um, Luke Skywalker planet where Luke Skywalker grows up and everything is like broken cars broken everything and that's why Luke Skywalker he's fixing his um which your buddy will know I can't remember his flight you mean movie. Anakin uh is it Anakin? Anakin's the know. one that had the little pod racer thing that he was fixing up. Oh, maybe it's Anakin. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. If he's listening to this, he's going to anyway, be screaming anyway, at both of us. Well, yeah, he will be. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I imagine maybe the sewing machine could end up on this planet, whatever it's called, in the future. You know, when when lots of things don't work and there isn't electricity, maybe you need solar power or not um, electricity, the alternative things, and it will just keep going, churning out clothes for little grandchildren. I always so found that's very random. Well, I always found it like interesting when um, my great grandfather passed away. I mean, he grew up in like the twenties, so like it was very, very weird when we go have dinners at his house because like he was like, "What do you want to eat?" He's like, "I'm fine with KFC." It's like, but we can like my my dad was like, "Well, let's go out, let's go and experience a nice restaurant, let's go to like I don't know why Olive Garden back in the day was just so freaking nice. Like people would toss that out like it was like to me, I was like Olive Garden's like." that's fancy and then everyone else is like no that's crap and i'm like oh i just realized i grew up poor um <laughs> but uh, when I, my great grandfather would be like let's just get kfc or something i'm like okay so we drive down get kfc and when he's eating the chicken he would eat everything off the bone would suck on the bone and like make sure he got every little last bit left and you realize he grew up in a at a time where he would get one little scrap of food and he would make sure he got everything that he possibly could out of it without wasting it and when we were cleaning out his house and everything like that besides final racing trophies we were finding like holes in the carpet and holes in the walls that were covered up by things that had wads of cash in there and i'm like oh like that's it was a different time experiencing all of that back then compared to now we can just put it in the bank you know back then they didn't even trust the banks because the banks were known to fail i mean they could fail now but nobody even thinks about that happening but mm. he was like oh my god in case this ever happens you know always be prepared this whole entire of like end of the world scenario was always in his head where it was like holes and that was just interesting to me to find out i was like wow it makes you kind of wonder what his life was like growing up yeah, because it's very tempting to imagine that the times you live in now are just ordinary and like the values and the things that we struggle with now, people will find that. Like, so I would guess you're a generation younger than me. And so you've grown up as like a digital native and 
you know, all of that. This is just ordinary to you. When I left university, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to work on a computer. And it was like, it felt, still felt optional that a computer could be an optional thing in your life. I think I was in my mid thirties when I got my first mobile phone, like cell phone. I just, I was like, I didn't want to, why do you want to be contacted by people all the time? And so, you know, whereas now it's just ordinary. We have our digital world, don't we? Like us, us guys talking right now, but in the future, things will change again. And they will, maybe in some ways they might, I don't know what they're going to think about our life. I, part of me is optimistic and thinks, life will get continue to get better and then the other part of me thinks maybe this is as good as it gets and um i have a feeling it goes a little bit downhill but i think for like people that are going to be historians or people that are going to be tracking information much like yourself i think it's going to get way more difficult because i think with the influence of technology it might be easier to be able to find information but now you got a lot of people that aren't doing their true name. They're being pseudonyms. You know, a lot of people will go by an alias or go by a thing much like a writer did back in the day. And I think that's a giant mm -hmm. thing of technology is a lot of people are now creating things under a name. Like a lot of people don't know a lot of famous rappers that are out now. They call them Snoop Dogg. They call them this. That's not their real name though. That's something completely mm -hmm. different. It's with the idea of fame. Do you want to get famous using your real name, being your true self, or would you like to play a character that people see on shows? You know, everybody knows Paulie Shore. Everybody knows like Snooky. Well, Snooky's real name's not Snooky. It's something completely different. It's going to be harder to track that information unless you have like a picture scanner. You're able to scan through a database and find that person's correct name. But if you just type in, okay. Um, let's look everything through my family and you're looking through your family heritage, but there's no record because that person stopped using their real name back when they were in their twenties. So then it just jumps off there and it turns out that person had a whole rap career. That person had a whole other thing just under a different alias. I feel like that's mm -hmm. going to be, end up being the norm with the amount of technologies expanding. I mean, people can make multiple different profiles, but how many, you know, Who's to say one gets or, or even just that the different platforms like come and go. So, okay, you know, Facebook's been around for a long time, but things, nothing lasts forever, particularly in a digital world. Once something changes, then that whole backstory, that whole kind of legacy, all those legacy posts, which you've kind of created year after year, all those memories, they'll just be gone unless you make an effort to, not you, all of us make an effort to back them up. Same with emails. If you go, oh, I just deleted my old email account, my new email address is blah, blah. Unless you've kept some of those other old emails, if they were important, then you've all this kind of personal archive is just literally evaporated. That's why I think it's so important. Like um, there's the, I think it's the Mormon religion. They keep a diary. I mean, from way back when they were like, fighting the indians and everything like that they've every generation kept a diary so they have like now they can just look back and they can read all those old stuff and i'm like that's so not, not a lot of people have that and honestly it's not in the eyes and wants of a lot of people nowadays like i i would say there's probably a select amount of people that really want to know their family history especially back that far maybe it's like oh it was cool my grandpa did that so you could toss it out at like a dinner table or something but going super far back Besides, like, maybe in the future, I don't know if you've ever played Assassin's Creed. I mentioned this with Paul. He said he did. You never played it? Okay. Um, <laughs> no. There's a database, like a little, like, it looks like um one of those chiropractic chairs you can lie down in. And this 
machine hooks up into the back of your head kind of thing or go, goes over like a visor over your eyes and you're able to play the memories like live the life of your ancestors so like a lot of the games take place like the dude's an assassin bloodline so they're going through every one of his families who were an assassin it's a long bloodline of assassins you're working with leonardo da vinci in the game and i'm like to think that that's not going to happen at one point in the future where you're able to sit in a little machine, it's able to like get a little bit of your blood or something and then be able to scan and find the genetic code and open that up to make it a memory and be able to like the reincarnation thing, be able to live that memory as your great. I don't know if that was going to be possible back in the day, but I'm, I'm not back in the day, but now or in the future, but being able to live back in the day would be pretty freaking interesting. I think that would get a lot more people interested in wanting to learn more about their history. If you're telling me you can lay me down and recliner and then next thing i know i'm living the life of my great 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 grandfather first thing i'm doing is my dream scenario which is going into an old school diner and having a nice milkshake because i feel like i don't know why that's heaven to me it just has always been i guess i think when i was little my great grandfather always used to take me to a diner so i was like that's like the old school ones like he wasn't going mm -hmm. into no applebee's or any of that he wanted to the old school you got to pull up and there's a waitress wearing like a really like um, colorful dress, I would say like a teal or like a bright pink and always mm -hmm. had too much makeup on where it looked like a mask. I remember that scared me so bad, but he was like, let me get a chocolate milkshake, one for me and one for my great uh, great grandson. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 with the DNA thing, I just don't know enough. Like, and I think, well, probably like nobody knows enough because it keeps changing. You know, our knowledge of it does, doesn't it? But I, I just personally do not know enough as it is. Like, and there is that epigenetics thing, isn't there? Which I am always curious about, but never actually. I need to just go away and read about it more. And that is where your cells have memories. So they've, um, it's poor little mice. It's always the mice, but they've done studies with mice where you can make mice frightened of a certain situation, like a certain trap door or whatever, and a bad thing will happen. And so then somehow this information gets communicated down the generations to the subsequent generations of mice and they're like don't go near the door and um but it's not just mice like we have it as well and so yeah every seven you know, months your you're on cell thing. change every is seven it? yeah but every even, seven but months. even those but it's like your epigenetics is like your cell memory so we will remember things and we'll pass on these well like imagine if you were like um you were yeah, you were addicted to like a drug or you were addicted to alcohol if you just wait mm -hmm. seven months, that person technically that one that's you now, seven months later, is never going to even know what that alcohol. You're going to know the taste in your memory, but you're not going to. Your cells aren't going to remember that. They're not going to have the addiction. They're not going to have the craving for it. It just goes away. You know, there's a, there's a whole other thing to it. But there's also other pathways in your brain that stops you from like, for instance, if you switch to like a health cleanse, you start eating super super healthy. I haven't had red meat in probably five six years. And when I, if I do eat red meat now, my body will get sick hard because it just hasn't had it forever. It's, it's like if I was a baby eating red meat for the first time, if you give a, a baby a steak, I don't think they're truly going to appreciate a steak, first of all, but they're not going to be able to handle it as well as you would if you eat steaks every day or steaks every weekend. You know, that's very, very interesting because like I, I sent my blood away for, you know, to figure out where, like, what, what am I made up of? Who am I made up of? Besides every country that hates each other, like I'm British, German, like everybody that just doesn't really associate, but 3% Nigerian and then I think 7.6% Ashkenazi Jew. And I'm like, 
what's the story here? Where, where did I, and nobody knows like, oh, no, it, it, I don't have a story where it's like, we came off the boat. I don't have any of that. I don't know. Nobody knows any of that because nobody in my family has cared but me to try and find that information out. And I'm like, so that's why I went on Ancestry.com. I'm like, Robertson, that's all I got. I got a last name. I know I have family in Baltimore, but I don't know anything from that. Where do we go from here? And then it's just giving me 80,000 results telling me, well, we got a bunch of Robertsons in Ireland. I'm like, I know that's not me. I know this is not me. And I just had a bad experience where I was like, wipe my hands clean with it. You, you'll be able to do it like maybe so after this maybe email me what you what you do know and then um we can try and see what we can piece together so because that's the, the cliche but it's true it's like start with what you know because if you start with a guess you could end up just branching out and it's not your family and that's a waste of time i'll be knocking on some random person's door be like i'm yeah. your long lost cousin they're like what who yeah. the hell are you i'm like i have a podcast like get the fuck out of here i'm like i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, do email me though. I, I'd be intrigued. I think like most people can find out something on not maybe not all of their branches. Some some of it is just too hard for whatever reason. When, but we'll be able to find out a bit. Did you start researching your own family history first? Like did you dive into that? Like you I you probably researched maybe like um a friend's, right? Like you would probably do that. You've never done that before? Oh, I have done that, but okay. I started with me and then um so, so it's definitely started with me and then I don't I, I don't tend to do um friends like whole family issues but if people get stuck on something or they want to know something then I'll um help them you know find out maybe they got stuck on a particular ancestor and it's normally like the um military ancestors you know when like anniversaries come around or if like a grandpa dies and then um people actually think oh, i wish i did actually have known knew what he did in the war it's kind of those are just the key things that people the military something i would just be afraid I to think uncover so something many... that wasn't like i don't know positive like i would hate to find out like my great-grandfather was a serial killer and i'm like whoa like do i let everyone know that I'm related to the Zodiac killer. Like, is that information I just die with? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it that's, that's what I, I like the, the idea of discovering something, but I don't necessarily think I'd be okay with discovering something I wouldn't want to know. You know what I mean? Like maybe there was mm. a reason why it was hidden. That's why I was asking you, have you ever had that? Like, well, that is a, that is a really good point. Maybe that whether there's a reason for something to get hidden, but sometimes it could be. So a few generations back, people were, maybe they felt more shame or they had less confidence to be different and so people would maybe like keep stem about branches of their family or certain family members because they kind of felt like they were letting the family down or um you know weren't quite good enough to talk about or be included or like the typical like black sheep of the family or whatever whereas now you could probably uncover those things that your granny didn't want to talk about and you're like why was she stressed about this this is this isn't a big deal this is fine and i think we're more compassionate um like if people have difficult times in their life we are more happy to say well like sometimes life's tough sometimes life doesn't work out sometimes people do get depression sometimes whatever people fall on hard times and we don't like make a judgment towards people and go well, if you look at this, the idea of what scandalism is now compared to what scandalism, what they would consider scandaled back in the day, it's a way different horse. 
Like back yeah. in the day, it was like, oh, they had a slave or something like that. And you're like, okay, well, now we yeah. all know that, that that was very common back in the day. It wasn't just a certain race. There were slaves of all different races and stuff like that. And nobody does it maybe anymore, but that's not as like back in the day, that was like, that dies with the family. Now it's like, it's a lot, yeah. it's pretty open about it now. Like uh, the, back in the day, Thomas Jefferson, whatever. But if you mention like shit that happens now in the world, to people back then, like our grandparents, like, oh my God, like, it's just, it blows their mind. Like imagine taking a person in the 1920s and then talking about something now where it's like, there's a thing called Bohemian Grove where a bunch of government politicians, you know, sacrifice a wood effigy in front of an owl. And you're like, what? And it's like, yeah, it's a giant, like pedophile ring. And they're like, what are you talking about? And it's like, that that's news. It was in the news on CNN. And they're like, you're that that's that's blasphemous i've never heard of such a thing and you're like well that's real stuff but back then they minds couldn't even conceptualize that idea back then was like if somebody was racist or if somebody was this that dies with the family nowadays it's like the worst thing where the dude army hammers the best example the actor that wanted to eat his ex-girlfriend's ribs he was openly talking about being a cannibal. That is crazy today. I couldn't even imagine someone in the 1920s trying to understand that. Like, what's going on? Where am I? What planet did you, where'd you take me to? I'm like, you're in hell. This is hell. Mm. But we're also used to it. It's not hell anymore. It's kind of just normal or mm. obscure, I'd say. Or I don't know. I, I have a bunch of large words for strange. I could toss them out creepy like i mean (laughs) people like mariners you know sailors and things they would have to sometimes resort to cannibalism wouldn't they and there's but it was always like a what what happens at sea stays at sea because you know if you've managed to survive in the lifeboat um you kind of i think you've got to cut somebody a bit of slack like it's different from just tucking into somebody when there's other food around that is always clearly do you want to remember like if you're stranded on an island with someone and you had to eat somebody, like he, the dude was like, when I die, just eat me. If you, if it helps you survive, I don't know if mm. I would want to live after that experience. I wouldn't want to know mm. about remembering that taste. And people go, well, you would forget about it. And I bring up this example that a lot of people don't like this example, but there's a documentary called General Butt Naked. Um, it's called The Redemption of Butt Naked on uh netflix i think it's still on there it's about an african warlord that used to fight naked hence the name and he would like back because he didn't understand your morals are developed from where you're from based on your technology based on like your information that you like kind of so like when you're looking at africa and they're still having like child soldiers and stuff their mind or moral compass isn't like how ours is it's completely different so he used to back in the day like eat kids he used to do a bunch of horrible stuff because as a warrior he thought you soak up the flesh of your enemy so he found god and then he completely changed his life and actually he's started multiple organizations of trying to break up these child armies and actually help kids get on the right path he's built homes in africa too so he's kind of done a whole 180 but um, he was talking about he was in a market in Africa and there was this weird meat and he smelled it. And he was like, this person serving human meat. This isn't a random meat. Mm. This is human meat. And he mm. remembered it from when he ate it, like way mm. back in the day when he used to fight. And it was like, mm. that's linked in your memory. Like your cells remember mm. that specifically. Mm. Like that is interesting. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm making you cringe. Yeah, it is horrible. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it that is really horrible it's interesting i think, I think also um it's that's like <laughs> all of us maybe you i just try to i feel kind of really sorry for him because i feel like you're that's not something you're ever going to be able to forget and even if you try and reinvent yourself and um you know, I should have used a better example. My buddy one time, no. he ate um, dog before because he he's been, he spent his time living in Japan. And that's not like being racist. That's legit. They He talks about how like that's a common thing down there. It's not like some type of stereotype that there's actually dog that can't be served to you sometimes. Um, yeah. And he, he came here and he actually busted one of these organizations like a state away from me from actually like a restaurant that was serving animal like yeah like dog stuff of that sort like he got it shut down and these people like it was a massive article in our news and he he went there and he was like oh my god i can smell it like i keep thinking back of being in japan again and i'm like yeah so you were able to remember that smell based on you didn't even know what that was but you were being able to sit into a diner and be able to smell that again and then get the memories flooding back to you like why am i thinking for me for, for me for instance my one side of my family smokes a lot of weed. That's okay. But whenever I smell it, I think of like Christmas time or Thanksgiving. Cause whenever I would go to my grandparents' house, my uncles, they'd come in smelling like that. And that was when I would see them as Christmas and Thanksgiving. So that's a nostalgia thing for me where it's like, it's a link to my memory. It might be a dumb smell to be linked to not as good as like, Oh, grandma's biscuits, but it's a smell that's linked into my memory where I'm going to remember that forever. And it just makes you wonder like what in your mind, even if you don't necessarily, I guess, purposely make this connection with it, but something that can bring you back to a point. I mean, people talk about perfume. Sometimes it could be just mm -hmm. like, I smell cow manure means you remember all those times you were a kid growing up on the farm and you just went out. Like, you know, it's some, for a lot of people, nostalgia and smells, it's different for everyone. The, it somehow correlates in the brain differently, which I think is intense and amazing. Mm. I bet my dad used to be in the army and, when that, and I think maybe it was just like the seventies. And so people, they just didn't really wear any deodorant, but I didn't think my dad smelled bad at all, but I'm, um, when he used to come back from work, I'd be like, my dad's come back and I could smell him. And there like, you go. Yeah. And, but I'd be, but my memory wouldn't, because when you're a kid, you're kind of, you're partially socialized, aren't you? So maybe as an adult, I'd be like, oh, he needs a wash. Whereas as a kid, I was just like, yay, my dad's back from work. <laughs> but, but I'd smell it before I saw him. It's funny because I, um, I left uh, like a shirt at my buddy's house and his mom was kind enough to wash it. And then my buddy gave it back to me and I smelled it. I was like, I got to wash my clothes again. He's like, my mom just washed it. I was like, it smells like your fucking house. He's like, what? I'm like, it just smells like your house, man. It smells just like your, like, I can't even, and I can't describe it enough to like, I can smell like I walk by somebody. Okay. They're wearing like an old spice deodorant. But when I smell this, like a, a actual, the person scent, like if I met you, I would just not walk up and sniff you like Joe Biden or something. I mean, like I would just smell whatever is in the air and then you have a distinct trait smell. And I'm like, why the hell? I hope that's more than just me smelling that. Like, I hope that's more people are able to do that than just me. Cause that's a weird freaking superpower. If that's a superpower, you could have gave me super speed. You could have gave me time traveling capabilities. But smelling. I think, people. I think you might have a super smell. Yeah. Yeah, I would rather want, like super actually no super smells good compared to super taste. Imagine every time you had to put something in your mouth to be able to. <sighs> it's like that movie Push. You ever see that movie Push? No. With um, 
Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, he was in a uh, movie called Push where they had like there were people with telepathy powers and they were called sniffers that were like detectives that would sniff something be able to remember everything that scent or whatever that item had locked into it. They'll be able to remember like a crime scene like they sniff a bullet. They can remember the dude putting the bullet into the gun where he got the gun from. And I'm like, that's that's a power. Mine's not. Mine's being able to guess who the hell was that in the elevator five minutes ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're like part dog or something, like a sniffer dog. Dogs are good at that, aren't they? Like I could be part bloodhound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bam. Actually, I think bears probably smell better than dogs do. Bears can smell you from like four miles away, which is nuts. Yeah, that probably is better than a dog. Yeah. They will chase you down for miles upon. Imagine that you get into a fight with a bear and then you live five miles away from that bear. That bear knows exactly where you're at, and he's going to hunt you down until he finds you. That's how my mind thinks. Just remember that. When when you <laughs> signed up for this podcast, this is what happens. This is, <laughs> this is, this is the uh, little uh, thing in the details. I'm crazy. Most, most kind of crazies are good. Just <laughs> Not eating people. So, I mean, that's a good one, I guess. It's a plus yeah. in my category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But Helen, look, you've given me enough of your time. We've been going on for an hour now. Um, where can people find you at? Like, where can people find any of your links, your Twitter? I don't know if you're too active on Twitter, if you have a certain site people can find you on. So um, I'm not very active on Twitter, but um, my, so my name is Helen or at Helen E.D. Tovey, T-O-V-E-Y on Twitter. But maybe I work for Family Tree magazine. So that's at Family Tree Mag UK. And um, we're uh, ancient family history magazines. We've been going for decades and just helping people like how you were saying, Rob, that you kind of start digging a bit of family history and then you just get a bit overwhelmed because you just don't know where to go next. So we have just loads of advice to help people you know, find their family history, get those stories, build your family tree, and just kind of make a nice little home archive of all your discoveries. Kind of like a little bit of um, articles too for maybe someone looking to like, instead of Googling, like, how do I find out where I came from? They can just look on your site and see an article or something that tells got you. got lots like, of how-to guides, yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome because yeah. I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to become more of a trend, especially with like with the amount like your, with Twitter, for instance, Ancestry Hour or um, whatever you guys post on. I think it's on Tuesdays. I'm 100 percent sure it's on Tuesdays. But like with that hashtag, if that gets trending and a lot of people get more involved with it, it's going to be more in the eye, at least of some more people. You know, with technology, though, it is going to be really weird to kind of track your ancestors i'd say because i know so many friends that won't use their real name they're like call me jim and i'm like your name's not jim and your kids are gonna want to know what you did in your 20s for 10 years of your podcast and next thing you know they look at it and there's this isn't you this is jim did you have a twin growing up it's like that's what scares me it's like i want i gotta be me because then if you if you're tied to a certain name that's not your own you're gonna say some crazy stuff and i'm like at least with your name, you're saying what you actually mean. You're not going to come on here and be like, you know what I think about the government? I'm like, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I know we're supposed to be wrapping it up, so I won't, I won't keep talking. I'll quickly say one thing. So, so with family search, you could go, you know, this is to kind of get around your point of the um, different names. So family search, you can go in, you put in a photo of you, you can put in other, you can compare your likeness to like, let's say your granny's likeness. So the, this app on family search is to do with the LDS church that you were mentioning. So they can match up. So I look most like my 
dad's mum out of all my family photos using that app and then with your dna then um they'll be able to go well he might call himself jim but actually by piecing together the percentages of dna that he's sharing with this whole bunch of other people on the family tree that's not really jim that's actually rob so using a mixture of like the paper trail evidence like photos and things and documents making a timeline of who was where so that there's rob 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 disappears from the record this jim person turns up then jim disappears and rob's back again you go well timeline they're they're not two people overlapping so chances are they're the same person so there's lots of things i think it's going to be people will be traceable but yeah that's my theory you said that in my brain thought when you said rob 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 and then it branches off and it goes to jim and then it goes back to rob again i think of like what happens when we unlock another dimension and then they so we just switch places i switch place with the gym in another dimension and then jim spends that's that's becoming real that sounds science fiction but they have that particle accelerator that they shut down in like i think 2007 and they just restarted it back up like last year and now they're starting to discover that there's other dimensions and i'm like oh my god I'm ready for science to kick into high gear so I could just go join the Amish people because I'm not about it at all. I don't like this is as much as technology as I want in my life as a Zoom call. Like I don't Alexa. No. Um, Google Echo. No. Um, even trying to get like multiple like Hulu. I just got Hulu. I'm way late to the game. Disney Plus. Fucking that's 10 years from now. I'm good. I'm good. It's too much technology for my brain. I like to flick the light switch on with my hand. Then when I walk downstairs, I realize, ah, shit, left the light on. I got to walk all the way back upstairs and do that. My buddy just, you know, claps or says, Google, lights off. And then the lights turn off. I'm like, nope, that's magic voodoo. Not about it. I'm not saying anything because you've got to go now, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll make sure I link everything in the description. And I appreciate everyone for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast.